0: The following
1: program is a podcast
0: one.com
1: production. And here it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah!
0: Woo! Where should we start?
1: Uh, with cock, always.
0: Let's uh, give your wife's new TV show a big plug. All right.
1: Uh, undateable this Thursday. Thank you.
0: Yeah. That's most of our week's consumed with that. Yeah.
1: Uh, second. Yeah, actually, the first part of the week on Loveline is all undateable. And the second part, all cock. Are we doing, like, gay night on Thursday night? No, we told me about this. What is it? it sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. I thought... No, you know about that, right? No. I don't
0: know the damn thing.
1: Uh, Thursday's show, at least a portion of it's devoted to uh, awareness of uh, condom use and blah, blah, blah. It's like someone... It was like a big national CBS radio buy, and uh, K-Rock said... Well, there's no better place to put that than Loveline. And I was like, hell yeah, we'll totally do that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't even know anything about it. So, yeah. what, so what is it? I, I mean, I wish I had more detail. I shouldn't have even gone down this path without having more of the details fleshed out. But essentially, it's just promoting the idea of of being having fun, having sex, all you want, but be be responsible about it. You know, there's no need not to be responsible about it. I'm actually doing a, a whole ad campaign about condom use and how that's awesome condoms are. Fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I am a big condom proponent. I don't know, and I don't know why this is. I think it is actually because of the era I came from. We, uh, you know, at the height of the, really the summit of the AIDS scare. Yeah, Um, you know, the late eighties into the early nineties. Yes, that's we were really out there pumping it. Yeah, Um, where where I really thought, like, I really got the sense that if I didn't use a condom when I had sex, even with like a suburbanite, like girl who'd never had sex before. Um, like I was still scared yeah, I really was So I just wore condoms all the time And I always had them with me Always Which was presumptive um, <laughs> To say the least But You were using them a bit when you were younger Yeah but I I, st- I tapered off in high school Because of the anal rena huh. um, She was clean And You did anal without uh, any Tons of anal
0: and no, uh... In fact,
1: I don't know if I've ever done anal with a condom.
0: But you got to remember that in those days, any anal was considered threatening. I understand and this. I'm surprised you. Didn't but also in
1: those days, anal between 16 year old heterosexual people was pretty unheard of. Pretty like much. I was avant garde. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> um.
0: Anyway, so that yeah, that, um. So I tell you about. Did I have a chance to tell you about this? Uh, Documentary I saw, yeah, I discussed which it one? With you. Tim's Vermeer. No, oh my god, it's the best thing ever. That's a bold statement. It's the best documentary I've ever seen.
1: And yeah, but you've seen shitty documentaries mostly, yeah. yeah.
0: But it's um, it's a guy. It's who's it's a uh, Pendulette's friend. Look up Tim's Vermeer.
1: Tim's Vermeer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a friend of Pendulette's who's like this genius entrepreneur, a
1: video technologist. <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at just the pictures alone. Well, eighty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy mackerel! It's this is insane. a good film. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's insane. And he's he's like does whatever he wants. He like builds flies helicopters and the, and he go on, and he tells Juliet. It's like pen. He's like, I'm thinking I'm gonna paint a Vermeer. Yeah, I think I, I think about it all the time. I'm gonna paint a Vermeer. Okay. And he fucking figures out a way to do it. What? And he he rewrites art history in the process. I swear to God, it's one of the most amazing to watch a human mind. Solve the problems
1: that he solved to do this
0: was insane. Yeah. it was
1: absolutely insane. You got to watch the trailer when we're. Off I, will, I will. I will. No, I'll just watch the movie. Okay. Now, I mean, I spend a lot of time now with Netflix and stuff because. I don't even
0: get. A, can you get? It's still in kind of theaters and stuff.
1: Yeah, it looks like oh it's available. My God, it's
0: such genius. He just solves problem after problem after problem, and the confidence he has to go do stuff. It's on Amazon, so it has to be available on. ITunes. Okay. Okay. He he basically. He at once he figures out a technical way to do it, he actually des- he designs a way to do it. Yeah. Then he builds the room you know, of one of the paintings, an exact replica of one of the Vermeer rooms, That is painted, and then builds the furniture, does the windows, crafts the lenses, grinds the paint, teaches himself Dutch so he can go learn about how, exactly what the techniques are. Gets the porcelain. It's
1: insanity that somebody could do all this. It's I'm, just I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I haven't seen the film, obviously, but. I'm glad you bought it, brought up that film because of the topic nature, and I'm just like, I'm, I've been, I've been fighting with that idea for right. a long time. What, what? I'm not painting a Vermeer, <laughs> but the idea that people, I think, don't do certain things solely based on the fact that they can't, they don't believe in themselves, and that most people, most people, not all, not all, yeah, but most people actually could pull off a lot more in life. If they just believed that they could do it, yes, but <laughs> the stuff I see this guy do in this uh, hang on, he's, hang on, exceptional, hang on. he's exceptional i I know I can't do, He's don't, exceptional. I don't, but my he, point he, is, he, is is like like a a guy like me yeah um I, I've had some things happen to me professionally that I haven't talked about on the air that aren't really public, and that not, I, I don't know if they'll ever be public, but there, there's some things ha- that have happened in the last couple of weeks where it's like I'm really starting to be sitting down at the big boy table mm-hmm. when it comes to like writing scripts mm-hmm. and and writing comedy and things mm-hmm. like that and you know if you you're to talk to me five ten years ago i'm probably the same intellectually like as far as like my aptitude mm-hmm. and i'm probably the same five six years ago w- funny wise and creative it creatively mm-hmm. But I just never in a million years believed I could. And if, if I just was a, the type of person that said, no, I can do this. Like I, I really yeah. des- and just kind of pounded the pavement. Yeah. Uh, all of this would have come to me probably earlier. Hmm. And I'm wondering like how many other things like that for – just for me there are in this life. And then that, that made me think like how many things are like that for the rest of the world? Like if – you know, you hear people say like I can't cook. I go, well, like, yeah, you can. Follow the, a fucking the, recipe. He, here's, the, here's the
0: horrible reality of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. This is this is the conundrum. Okay, most people have terrible judgment about their own abilities and their own spot on the spectrum. That's probably true too. Terrible judgment.
1: Do you think that's and because most people haven't been been n- fucked with their whole life? No, I, I think I think people both over
0: and un- either typically over or underestimate their abilities. Same I, with same I, with
1: calorie I, intake and exercise. That's right. And Everybody's and,
0: like, oh, I burned a thousand calories today. I was like, No, you didn't. No, and, and, and <laughs> most people. And I would dare say there's probably nobody else on the planet that can do what this guy did. That's my sure. judgment about his abilities. But there are plenty of people that could do extraordinary things that don't even think to. And there's plenty of people that – you know, that, that kid that shot everybody up in, uh, in Santa Barbara is such a prime example of how poisonous just positive thinking is. He,
1: yeah, he, he there's was a reading big, the secret. Positive thinking and believing in yourself when you follow through with stuff. That's right. That, uh, I'm not, so, I'm not so, talking so, about, like, so that's if about, I just believe I'm no, going to be Tom Morello,
0: I'm going to play the guitar that well. That's exactly right. My point is, so is that— So that's about judgment, about what it takes. You know, what, you have to have judgment. What does it take <laughs> to go from A to B to C so I can do
1: D, E, F, and G? But there's a million crafts out there that really it's all based on, on practice. Yeah. Like, a lot of guys say, like, well, I can't play the guitar. I was like, well, if you spend as much time as Tom Morello did— You'd probably be pretty good, but he believed in himself. And while he was at Harvard, by the way, you know, in high school in through art, spent ten hours a day. Sometimes he said he, you know, his fingers would get numb because he just would play to the. And the same with uh, Billy Joel. I heard him talking on the on the Stern uh, kind of open forum thing he did for sure. And Billy Joel said, even now in my in my sixties, I've been playing. On my I've already I'm I'm done really writing music. I've, I've I'm so rich and successful beyond my wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I still I wake up in the morning, I pour a cup of coffee and start playing the piano. Next thing I know it's night out. Mm. And it's just I I practice, 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 I play, I play, I play. And and my point is is that what separates that level of thought, you know, like like if I decided today I'm gonna be the next great stand up comedian. I mean, who's to say that I couldn't if if I just for 10 years win and just hit the clubs and wrote and did my thing like I probably would be the next great stand up comedian. You, you know, could, and if you stayed
0: open minded to any tributary pathways that open themselves to you along the way, mm-hmm. something really interesting would happen. But, yeah. I, th- but I think that just,
1: but, that's just okay, that's but what we call a career. I, that's what I, I use. The, the example of cooking, because yeah. a lot of people say I can't cook and I go, no, you just don't believe you can cook. You can read. Your hands work. Measure this shit and bake it in the oven. And sometimes you'll fail. Sometimes you see. The more you do it, you'll get better. Right. Same with drawing. People are like, I can't. I have no painting or drawing ability. I go. Well, some people are gifted. Some people aren't. But everybody can. You just tell yourself you can't. Like believe in yourself and start start drawing, making creative things with the paper and pen, and then see where it goes. I'm saying like, what separates believing in yourself in certain things and not and you bring up another good point of some people have terrible judgment mm. and i think that that i that is my real talent is that i have good judgment in my own abilities and not because no you don't everybody's already No talk, you don't no. because you never contemplated doing more with it no but ever okay if anything i underestimate myself well that's but, bad judgment yeah but it's better than the person who overestimates their abilities well that
0: you're making a value judgment i'm just saying people fall on one end of the yeah. other spectrum yeah and, and typically I mean, that
1: that to me is the problem people who overestimate their abilities a lot of times do you feel i feel do you feel that it spawns from this kind of nerf world that kids are growing up in where it's like they, everyone gets a trophy everyone's told they can do anything there's they that, want there's
0: that and there's the lack of really rigorous work yeah the really hard work of you know what what it requires to get certain degrees and stuff. yeah that well, Or certain th- jobs, even. Right. That's why I told my kids get a graduate degree because th- what you'll go through changes you. Yeah. Ch- you know what I mean? And that's, diff- you know, people, most people don't get to go through that. or well, there are, you know, They don't have to, but they've got to do some experience like that. Where they work really, really hard and break through. I was talking and to go, okay. I didn't even know I could work that hard. Yeah. That, you're right. that very few people experience that. Now, That's and a, that a very good point. gives you judgment. That's a very good that point. It gives you judgment and it gives you, a, a, it gives you pubes. An, an experience of what it really means to excel and work hard at
1: something. Well, and also I feel like there's, a, an experience. Experience. there's a lot not, of value. It's, a, it's an experience. It's not it's not a it's not a concept. There's also a lot of value in failing. And being yes. told and being told you failed. Yes. Like not, yes. not not like being defensive or or deflecting the failure, like Absolutely. failing at something, having the people your your superiors in that endeavor go, no, that was bad, that you did shitty, and and the, you having to absorb that and go, whew, and get up and try again. There's value in that, and not, I think a lot. I can peop- imagine. Uh, a, I think I a lot of people don't do that at all well, in that's, their life. That's you're, you're describing the same experience I'm describing. Even but even college graduates who. Who work
0: hard? Then they didn't get a rigorous enough training. Maybe you're that's right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because in rigorous training, you're you're gonna get you're gonna get knocked down hard. Yeah, hard. It's gonna happen because that's what rigorous means. Yeah, because you, you're not the best. Very few people get to be the best, and they they know they know, and they're probably not competing with you, whatever you're you know where I am. Yeah, I, they're they're competing somewhere else. They're doing doing Vermeers,
1: You know, I also think that like. As young kids, little now that I've have a y- little kid, you know I have a six week old, seven mm-hmm. week old baby, so I'm starting to everything now in my life revolves around the prism of what what it's like to look through the eyes of a child. Mm-hmm. I also think like kids nowadays, there's so much of it's automatically quote unquote bullying, and I'm not making excuses for bully real bullies, right. But I feel like let's use Little League as an example. Yeah, nowadays like kids can't tell the other kids like the really good baseball players can't tell the, little, the ones that are shitty well you fucking suck we don't want you to bat in the ninth inning because you suck and you're going to lose the game for yeah. us I don't like the idea that kids have to deal with that kind of pain but it should be done hey when I was young it that should age, be done
0: listen something like that should be done here's my point is I think I brought this up to you once before is that the one acknowledgement that used to be the highest level of compliment mm-hmm. the, the award that, that everyone sought out most improved. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's what people. We, that doesn't exist anymore. Hey, it's like, hey man, you were
1: shitty when you got here, and now you're playing with the big boys. We want to acknowledge you or for even, that. But, but we didn't even know you had it in you. I That's coach. Fantastic. I coach the league, and even the idea of everybody plays. I go, you know, there's a lot of value in that. and I understand you want the kids to have fun, but at the same time, like, shouldn't they learn? early on the idea that they're going to be good at some stuff and they're not going to be good at 100%. others like some kids should play all innings and some kids should pitch most of the innings yeah. and some kids just really should sit on the bench I mean yeah. they're not very or, good or, or be and be given the encouragement the time and the right. training the opportunity to, to improve yeah hit, a, hit up batting practice like crazy yeah. They and then towards the end of the season maybe you can get better and, and that's something you see and just, but if we just automatically like every kid has to play two innings and you can't have a kid in three innings in a row blah 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 it's like <laughs> One of the most important experiences in my life yeah. was being
0: uh, on a JV football team, being a bench warmer mm-hmm. for game after game after game, watching everybody else play. And I and a couple of the guys sat on the bench to becoming a starter. Yeah. Because I just fucking insisted that I You did wanted it. to be good. I just yeah. gritted it out. And, and I don't know how the hell I did it, but I did it. That was extremely important experience. But you had belief in yourself, you know, and like you know what? I, there was a moment where one guy, my coach, believed in me. I was about to quit. Yeah, and he, somehow he sensed it, and I mean, he got in my face, and he goes, "You can do this."
1: That shit's huge, huge. man.
0: Just it was, that was the moment. I was literally going to quit that day.
1: And that doesn't happen when the le- it's a level playing field for all kids. Yeah. Everybody plays. You don't get that kind of moment I wasn't where playing. Where I, but I decided I wanted 15-year-old to. Fifteen-year-old Dr. Drew is like, I don't know if I could do this, and a coach says, "You can." Believe in yourself and, and pull through. No, and it's you just because I see something in you. I think yeah, you can do it. It's that shit's like, huge, huge. Doctor Drew, yeah, Mike. TrueCar. dot com is the new way to buy a car. It is changing car buying forever. Simple, fair. And it's a fun way to buy a car, that truecar.com. they And you save time and money, and you never overpay. Buying a car is a not so fun experience for most people, what and are it you doesn't happen. But I
0: be. love talking to those salesmen with the big wide ties. Oh, come on now. Come on,
1: Drew. Now you're just being crazy. No. The TrueCar.com, they help you get rid of the fear that you might overpay.
0: Here's how it works. TrueCar.com analyzes what people are paying for their cars in your market, shares it with consumers so they never overpay. The average savings is three thousand forty six dollars off MSRP.
1: That's that's insane. Over yeah. a million cars have been sold. By our True Car Certified Dealer Network. Over 40,000 cars were sold by True Car Certified Dealers just last month. Over 7,000 dealers in the Certified Dealer Network. One in five dealers is a True Car Certified Dealer.
0: And those certified dealers go through a certification process, and you work directly with a True Car representative that will honor the savings that you lock in. So here's the three step process. Three Guar- step. Guaranteed. Savings. First, go to TrueCar.com. Find out what others paid for the same vehicle in your market and around the country.
1: Second, register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings certificate.
0: And third, is simple. Print out your certificate. Take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for better hassle-free buying experience.
1: TrueCar has the most comprehensive new car pricing information available and a certified network of dealers that offers a hassle-free car buying experience and negotiation-free guaranteed savings. TrueCar.com. Boom. Welcome back to the Mike and Dr. Drew Show, the yeah. greatest show on earth. Yeah. Um, did you see that the former fattest guy in the world is now not the fattest guy in the world? He's not 130 pounds, is he? No, I think he might be dead. Oh, well, that's why he's not the fattest guy in the world anymore. Uh, let me see here. I I, I brought up the story. I sent. I emailed it to myself, <laughs> which is like a hokey way to do it. But I just I I was in a pinch, and I found it so fascinating. Let's see here gary smith the fact that he's dead well i don't know if he's dead i don't remember i just remember the story i was like so i was very uh enamored by the the fact that the former fattest man in the world was a mexican Mm. i just couldn't believe that they're like i know that that uh i I know it very well actually that uh obesity is a problem in the in the country of mexico in fact they overtook america as the fattest country in the world. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't think that Mexican people were big enough overall to have the fattest guy in the world. You mean just sort of... Yeah, I thought the fattest guy in the world would be Russian. for sure American or yeah. Eastern Bloc European, right, right. you know? Because fattest guy in the world means like a thousand pounds, right? Yeah. Because I've seen some big dudes. Yeah. Damn it. Where's my... Wait, what's know. the point? What's the... I want to get the story. So I mean, I figured something you'd be interested in. Yeah, I don't, that's freakish stuff to me. It's, don't, you don't like that? Mm-mm. All right, fine. but I mean, it's just uh, God, terrible. Is there stuff that, like, really scares you so you don't look at it on, on the Internet or lots when you read stuff. about it? I hate it. Like what? I don't like
0: violence and stuff. Well, there's a million types of violence. What um, do you mean by that? No, I mean, there's plenty of things I'm sure you could send me and, you know, say, open at your own caution. I, I just trash it. I don't like being upset by people being destroyed or...
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> See, I... Mm. But I'm more I'm more uh oh yeah he died sorry he died at 48 that's why he's no longer the fattest okay, well there you go yeah Mexican man once world's heaviest dies yeah, exactly. at 48 look at the size of that son of a gun so bad so I saw that picture it made me sad he's very ill you know of yeah. uh, drew right am i am i correct he's not yeah, there's a big you, difference gonna... between being someone who has you know you have to lose that that 20 pounds everybody deals with that right man say I say take care a, of myself. let's say
0: you did a gastric bypass on that guy and he lost 800 pounds yeah well, he'd die too, right? Well, he would be extremely dicey, you know, losing all that weight. And and then ha, ha, what would you do with all – I mean, think of the surgeries he would need just to restore his mechanics. Well, my
1: dad's probably 100 pounds overweight. Uh, and I think too, even he has a bit of mental illness in in a sense that most people – and maybe I'm looking at it through my eyes, which are – I'm mentally ill In the opposite direction yeah. Like I'm constantly It's another kind of Body dysmorphia Right I have, yeah. um, But I always think Like look Everybody goes through the Like hey man I gotta tighten it up I've been yeah. eating A little too much cake Around the yeah. holidays Whatever yeah. So you gain 20 pounds Let's say yeah. And you look in the mirror And you're like Okay let's ratchet it up yeah. What What is going on In your brain When it gets to the point That you're 100 pounds overweight There obviously isn't that same Because along the way My dad's a very smart man Along the way From being 140 pounds At my age to 250 pounds at his age, there had to been... It sneaks up on him. It sneaks up mm-hmm. on him, and there must be multiple points at which
0: they go, ah, oh, whatever. You know what I mean? They're, every 20 pounds, they probably go, oh, man, I got to do something about this. Ah, oh, fuck it.
1: Do you think you that know? my uh, guys like... My dad's a perfect example, because do you think a guy like my dad would do the all whatever if he wasn't already married and successful <laughs> by the time he gained the weight? No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, he it'd probably would have kept it together. because yeah, he got to compete. Yeah.
0: Right. My dad was probably sixty pounds overweight when he he died, and he, we kept at him and at him and at him, and he didn't see it, he couldn't see it, and he remember one time he he saw pictures of himself when he was like in his thirties,
1: like Mm -hmm. oh my god, yeah, you know it's like man, we just sent the picture, you know, with my daughter birth of my daughter, we've been circulating my we meaning my sister, my parents and I have been circulating pictures of like me when Mm -hmm. I was that age, Mm -hmm. and uh, there was a picture of my dad, me lying on my dad's belly when I was probably like one, one or two, and my dad's. Honestly, probably about 150 pounds, and my dad's pushing 300 now. And so he looked at that picture and he's like, "Whoa, you know, I really did. I think have an effect yeah, on, yeah." See, but that again, they the only way he
0: didn't see that walking around in the world normally is it, it snuck up on him. Yeah, he, he it, uh, you know, he doesn't see the the contrast.
1: I worry about our world. I didn't used to. I used to be the more now you the, got a kid. You used to be the catastrophist more than I was. Yeah, but I don't know if it's more about the kid. I think it's like recent events. I, I just don't know I, I, I just think that The the smartphone and the social networking Affects our world so much more Than we give it credit for Like it's so dramatically changed our world Our whole world In the matter of like three years That I think we're fucked Well
0: but I can also imagine Be sitting there here in 1914 uh, And there's a world war raging And these, these automobiles suddenly came on the scene Yeah Same thing Yeah same
1: thing. the well, world's, world's coming apart. It's a world war. The technologies have made more I would have said I would have said, I would have said more uh Korean War and television than than that's, that. that. That's another, Korean War that's television another example. Because another example. television really did change society. Everything. Automobiles was a huge advancement, no. but but it didn't deal with it didn't actually change our behavior yes, like it did change dude, everything. You drove a car, so you still you still were the same guy emotionally. My point being, like, like I think Facebook and Twitter and your smartphone has actually altered all of humanity's behavior. Like the way that, we, like, I just sit at the car wash now, and everyone next to me has their head down in their phone. Yeah, it's not the same world. Like we all buy, we buy music on our phone, we buy music in our house, we buy our clothes that way, we grocery shop walking around looking at our grocery list on our little computer. Did you see the movie Jobs? That's Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the beginning where he brings
0: out the. Uh iPad, the, uh, not the iPad. It's the it's the thing that just recorded three hundred songs. Oh, the i uh, the iPod. iPod. Yeah, it, it, you forget that was a it, you could have six hundred songs in your palm of your hand. Whoa!
1: Well, I make, that was insane. Well, I I started working at K Rock in two thousand and two, and no three two thousand three, and uh. I um, was working here, and I remember driving with another kid who was, like, a college kid at the time, and he had an iPod. And he was like, oh, yeah, I just put all my music on here. I was like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> I was really, I was like, oh, that's stupid. And he's like, why? It's like, I condensed I was like, well, it kills all the beauty of it. There's nothing better than going home and, like, floating through my CD right, books and, right. like, what am I going to listen to? And picking out an album or, like, am I going to go vinyl or CD and then I like, go through my records? And it completely I put, changed. Yeah.
0: Then, now... Forget it. That's one little tiny, itty-bitty
1: piece of what you have access to yeah. through a similar device. And uh, I'm old at heart, too. So I'm, I'm not that old. I really am not. It's just so uh, – to hear it's like, well, you just don't get it because – no, I um, it, the convenience of it's amazing to have mm-hmm. thousands of songs in it. But it just – it kills something to me. And I've always been a little bit old when it came to mu- movies and, and music. I've had a, a, a love affair with it that I just didn't – uh with Anderson. I don't know. Uh, he's wearing a pedophile shirt, so he's uh. – um, I've always had a weird love affair with it that, you know, made it kind of more important for me to own an album. Mm. Because, honestly, the like, the best—I <laughs> know this sounds terrible because it just points out how what a vapid life I had as a youth. But, like, my favorite memories of my whole life, up until I was, like, 25, like, the best experiences in my entire life. We're figuring out a way to like either ride my bike or once I could drive, drive, drive down to the record store and just spend all day. Like get it, get a extra large Diet Coke or a Sprite at fucking 7-Eleven and then go to the warehouse or wherever, it Sam Goody and just look at different new music and old music and compare records and be like, I haven't heard of this band, man. Give it a shot. And like, I loved that. I, I really had such a a love affair with that experience. And it's just gone. That, no, that does completely.
0: not exist. No, it's gone.
1: I can't imagine anyone doing that now, especially a kid. Oh.
0: They, they don't even know to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? They wouldn't know what that was.
1: Yeah. And, that, and there's nothing like that, dude, in our it's Like, obviously, I, I you, th- you and I are from different generations. And obviously, <laughs> there's differences in the way I was raised and the way you were raised. But by and large, we still shared a lot of similar experiences. Yes. Someone who's a teenager right now and someone who's a teenager in 1997 like I was – does not share pretty much any experience that I shared. Well,
0: it's funny. I was having a talk with my, my son today about this, and he's, uh, he's a he's pretty insightful guy. And he was saying, you know, I think I think our generation. He's like like the reflected, like what the hell's going on with my, my generation? What's, what's going on with me? He's trying to yeah. fi- all of his friends try to figure themselves out. Yeah. that they're all sort of quasi lost. And I go, I go, what is it? Are you, have you guys capitulated? Is it just the tough economy? right? And he goes, I don't know. He goes, like it's it's everything's tough. This college is super intense. Yeah, it is. I'll the, give him that. the uh, the comp- The competition is crazy. the The opportunities are down. He he said he said the following. He goes, "I think we become like the '60s generation without the war, without the uh, I forget what he said, but like like, like 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 the '60s. We're sort of like uh, whatever."
1: I gotta I gotta side with Anderson on that one. Uh, your son's a very smart guy. Is he not aware of the fact that we
0: no without a Vietnam without a anti war anti-war movement without like a draft so that's more well, it's yeah, it's better spot, to say yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think he knew enough to really understand what what that piece was that created a lot of that stuff in the sixties. Yeah. It, it was an interesting my, my, observation. Because uh, uh, a lot of his friend a lot of his friends are growing their hair out, not shaving, yeah. and like getting a backpack on. These are super bright, super capable kids and going to Europe and touring around. And have no idea what why or what they're gonna do.
1: Yeah. Well, it was a lot like that in the nineties. It was a lot like that. Was it? For oh yeah. I, mean, you know, I can't tell you how many um you know, and you know, you know my neighborhood in San Marino. I can't tell you how many really well-to-do, smart, sharp dudes are like, "Fuck this! Like, what? What am I gonna do? Like, become part of? Uh, go work for Pepsi? You know, like uh, this. All uh, this whole ultra corporate, like where they're Madison Avenue's trying to monetize extreme and snowboarding. Yeah. And It's like, fuck this! I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ride a skateboard, or I'm gonna move to Europe. I mean, I can't tell you how many. I don't need a job. I'm gonna write poetry. And that was like the whole like. The dream of the '90s is still alive. And what happened to
0: them? What happened to those kids? Not, some of, no, we're some of them,
1: some of them, ended up wasting ten years and then going back and becoming a, essentially a yuppie, like you said. Yeah. You know, you, you learn. It's like, well, fuck, I better give in, or I'm not gonna have a job. And some of them went on to do other things. Some of them went on to start amazing, like kombucha companies, or you know, like some of their their wi- wild eyed dreams took off. Others, they 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 gave it a shot and they folded their cards and they they went into the corporate world. You know, I. But I think that the many similarities to your son's stories about young guys today and my stories is, is that there's, many, there's a lot of semblance. But at the same time, the stakes are much fucking higher for dudes nowadays because of the things like the everything's global. Like if, I, my, if my friends wanted to cash in their chips and like go to Europe for a while, they come back, they still probably had a chance to get a job. You got, you're 20 now, you cash in your chips, you're like, I'm going to travel the world, I'll come back, I'll find a job. No you fucking won't dude. Right <laughs> Right. No you will not right. There's 20 kids getting off the boat from Taiwan right now Who are as smart if not smarter than you And they'll take those jobs quick And if you don't think it's going to be them It's going to be the other guys that are graduating from MIT right now And it's like you fucking toast dude I know guys with four year degrees from Stanford that are fucking baristas So don't tell me about how you're just going to take your time figuring things out yeah. And it was different back when in my day You did good You just go I'll, I don't know I'll figure it out And you figure it out and you got a job you know, hmm. I don't. Know.
0: Well, you started by saying you're worried about this world.
1: That well, that's part of it. Is that like the rat race is so much more intense for the really high skilled rats, and then there's nothing left for anybody else. Right. The rat race has never been more of a race for guys. Everybody, like, everybody else for but, guys like your sons. That it's never been a tighter race. It's never, never in the history of humanity oh. has it ever been. Oh, come on now.
0: The history of this country, maybe, dude.
1: It's humanity. When has there ever been more high skill, high skilled, smarter people with less ability to get jobs? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's never been a billion people in the world with insane, insane achievement and insane levels of, of high uh, education and, and, and IQ. If that's true. That it can't be, get work anywhere. It should be driving economic growth. Why is that not happening? Because they're all driving this machine of fucking filth. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, I, I, have, I have a friend. I have a friend. In fact, the girl that uh, that won't talk to me anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, now she does talk to me. But oh, good. we don't we, like we're not on good terms. Right. But, <laughs> you know, she graduated from MIT early. Yeah. With her ex- extended, this was, she got her normal degree from UCLA and then went to MIT and got some, got her degree, double degree in further studies from MIT in different sciences. And the only job she was offered, you know, she could have, you know, 20 years ago, she's working for NASA, she's working for JPL. The only jobs she got offered, no universities, no, Lehman Brothers, uh, you know, all these huge mega banks, all of them. That's every job she could get she ended up making Now she works for like 30,000 bucks a year uh, Doing digital art For like a production studio A movie production studio. Cause she's like I just couldn't I couldn't do it I couldn't make 3 million dollars a year Figuring out algorithms So that High volume traders Can get a millisecond Better jump On their other trader And fuck everybody else Out of money Cause yeah. that's all it is I, you say, like, it should be fueling economic growth. The only reason it's not is because there's no economic growth of fuel. It's just everything, all these high-skilled people get funneled into making more money off of other people's money for this, like, select group of dudes. That's really all it is. Look at us in radio. It's not like it used to be.
0: I, I listened to an NPR thing about uh, Chinese and Africa. Yeah. And they're going in, and they're, like, setting up lives. I heard, I read about this guy I went to Mozambique. He went in. He had $100,000. He helped build roads into the city, so he became uh, a sort of a darling of the local officials. They helped him secure a fertile plot of land. He then began growing stevia on that land. Sick. He's making a fortune, bringing his f- sons over from – this is the comedy on it. Bringing his sons over from China and making them marry local girls.
1: So, because he wants to, <laughs> he wants to form a, a you know a th- imagine, an enclave. Imagine and, how disappointed is, girls in Mozambique are going to be with Chinese dicks. How dare you! But, I'm just saying it, that's really bipolar.
0: And, and and he taught himself Portuguese because it's a Portuguese speaking country. And you know it's like it's there, there's stuff to be done. You know what I mean? You, you, they speak Portuguese in Mozambique. That's what they said in this report. Yeah. I did not know that. I did not either. But but. You know what I'm saying? That there's stuff to be done out there. It's just maybe we're a little too short-sighted in, in how we're looking at
1: this. I'm not. I'm not in any way. And tried. by the way, this, this
0: other guy no, it was—they it went, it went bad too. Another guy brought in, bought a bunch of land because the rocks were green. He figured there's copper in there. He started smelting copper, and now he, <laughs> he basically just exploits the local local labor to build the. copper. There's sure. no laws. That's just bad, bad. I'm not bad. in
1: any way trying to say that it's, the it's, world it's fucking, is cursing. Uh, colonialism no, for You have no saying. ability to get jobs. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's not like in 1929 where it's like, okay, we had a fallout and now we're going to build this country up with a lot of goods and services. It's just, it just that's not the way it is anymore. It, every, all the best of the best are going to figure out ways to make to, – to squeeze out a little bit more money on making money off other no, people's no, money. No, but maybe –
0: Oh God, are we getting into the weeds here? But but maybe uh, you got to stop too it because I insist you watch Tim's Vermeer right. uh, trailer. Um, maybe um, this will create opportunity for people doing more productive things, more, nor, you know, small businesses and things in their communities, and, and not doing that shit. You know, what do you call it? Dirt, dirty work, or yeah, filth, filth. Yeah, maybe not doing that anymore because because there's no for, even just as a pure practical matter, there's nothing more to be squeezed out of it. Right.
1: Maybe, well, I look. I thought there's no possibility. L- let me let me just say one I never thought thing. that the 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 Geitmans and, the, and right. the Lehman Brothers and the then the Goldman Sachs. I never thought that after 2008 they would just pow- battle back and start doing the same shit. But really, I mean. <laughs>
0: They're not doing the same shit. No, they're, they just figured out new highly, ways to do They're highly they're, regulated. but, but, but They're but he, highly
1: regulated, but they just find like, – like, think about like
0: – They better do the shit because we need a financial system. It's but, not like it should happen. But my point happen. is it's like he, but he'll they're let me making make a
1: billion point. dollars of, of, of money off of, off of new ways to just – like, It's Listen, not like it was. What not about like, what about like resources? You uh, know, Pretty much every uh, like major resource in this country funnels through like four banks. Right, let me
0: just say this one thing. All right. And this is, this is people – here's some news you can use. Here's something useful to take home. I have lots of people that have done those kinds of jobs and made yeah. lots of money, and I've known, and they all are not happy. You are not happy until you are helpful of to others. Of service. Yeah. So you're helpful to other people. So you have something, a skill or something to offer other people, and you need to do it regularly. And you need to be good at it. It needs to be a substantial skill or, or you don't feel good about it. You need to really have something to offer other people. So whatever you do everybody, make sure it includes something that helps others. I don't mean helping in the sense of to, somehow it, 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 it's of service to other human beings that you're directly able to help others somehow. And I don't care what it is,
1: make Stevie, I don't care. It's not a bad idea, man. Right. No, I mean, look, and we talked about that in length on Allison Rosen's podcast. Yeah. And I said Drew's always said that and it sounds so cliché, but it's the oh, truth, no. man. I didn't every I didn't,
0: happiness bit of happiness research ever done, they yeah. always say giving people, back other yeah. people, other people. And it's not the things that make you happy, it's it's the ability to make a difference for others.
1: All right, guys, thank you for joining us on another uh, exciting episode of the Mike and Dr. Drew Podcast. assalamu Alaikum. Pull up the video.
0: This concludes another podcast1.com program.